Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, good morning. I am Pastor Gabe. So glad to have you here for all of you that are joining us here live and in person and all of you that are joining us online. We are so glad that you could be with us here today. Um, we have just finished a series last week uh, with Pastor Mary sharing with us called The Lost Art of Gratitude. And this month we don't have a series in particular as there are some things uh, before I get into the word that are going to be changing here in Emmanuel Church. And um, we are going to be making some changes to our services and where we're at and when we're meeting together. So as we make this transition, we want you to be aware that this is something we are starting. And as uh, just uh, stay tuned on our social media accounts or uh, talk with us and we will be um, letting you know more as time goes on through the rest of the year. Um, on that note as well, we have a, a, the last couple of Sundays of this month, December the 19th and December the 26th, we will not be having our regular Sunday 1130 services. Um, we want you to be able to take this time during the holiday season to spend time with family, but that doesn't mean that we will be without something of word of encouragement or time together. We are going to be, uh, if you will stay updated with our social media accounts, you will see some posts that we'll be posting on those Sundays so that you can have a word of encouragement while we are out, but also on Christmas day, uh, we will be ha- having a special live premiere uh, that you can enjoy with your families or you can share with others and friends to be able to have some church and, and some time of worship, some time in the Word on Sunday, uh, on Christmas Day, which is Saturday this year. So we hope that you would join us live that day. So keep in touch on our social media accounts for all the changes that might be coming. Um, as well as remember, we won't be having those services on the 19th and the 26th here. But we will be here uh, for a special live stream on the 25th. And we will be here in person along with our Spanish service for our annual New Year's Eve celebration service. So we hope to see you then at that time. If you are joining us on live uh, or in person and you're here for the first time, we want to thank you for joining us. We hope that we can connect with you better. So let us know that you're here for the first time so we can serve you better. If you are here and part of the family and you want to support, of course, you can give here in person or you can give by going online to myemmanuelchurch.com slash give or texting 84321 with the amount that you want to give. We are going to have just a couple more uh, e-groups this uh, starting this week again. We'll, we'll be the one of the last meetings we have Tuesdays at 7.30. So we hope that you can join us. And uh, we're going to be taking a break for the rest of the year, and we'll see that time back in January. But with all of that out of the way, uh, I want to be able to speak with you today a little bit on the topic of Christmas. 
Because Christmas season is upon us. It's in full swing. And typically, I like to spend some time, uh, well, not spend some time. I like to decorate early, uh, earlier than probably most people. I don't, I don't put everything out all at once, but starting like November 1st, I already start putting out decor. My wife knows I like to put something in every single room of the house. Something Christmas has to be in every room. You know, we have our main room, of course, where we have our Christmas tree and things like that and stockings and whatnot. But I also have like different things, little Christmas trees that I put throughout the house and other things. I had to take a back seat this year because um, um, my house was under repair. Ceiling was uh, fallen down on us, so we had to get some work done, but we're finally into the decor and everything is ready, and so it excites me because I love the Christmas season. And this year, we might be looking to try and go back to something a little bit more normal. Last year, Christmas was probably not what we expected it. The last couple of years were a little different as we entered into a time, and we are still working uh, through a time of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so things were weird. Things were different. We didn't get to celebrate the way we usually do. We didn't get to celebrate with everybody that we usually like to celebrate with or don't like to celebrate with. And we just tolerate because, you know, they're family or friends or whatever. But you know how it is. Thanksgiving's the drama holiday. But Christmas is usually put all of that aside. But we didn't get to celebrate the way we like to this past year. And so maybe we might be looking to go Back to a little bit of more of a normal Christmas. And yet we still have obstacles to that. We, we are still in the midst of a pandemic. And I mean, I know we went, I went with the youth, our youth ministry a couple of weeks back already. Well, was it a couple of weeks last week to youth convention? I don't know. Time is weird. And I went to get my COVID booster shot before I went because I was like, there are going to be people there. I don't want to risk anything. And so I was able to get my COVID booster shot. So if you haven't gotten vaccinated, you should get vaccinated to protect yourself and to protect your loved ones and to, to love your neighbors. That's what it's all about. But there are obstacles and we might be hearing things that we might be afraid of. I know that there are some news outlets and even some Christians that are out there sp uh, talking about the war on Christmas and how Christmas is canceled. Because there are issues with supply chains this year and maybe everything that you order might not get here on time. You know, sometimes uh, we've we've done a lot of Christmas shopping in the past few days and uh, past week or so. And sometimes Amazon gets things there like the next day or the day of. But there are other times you look for certain items and they're like, they won't be here until January. And so we have worries. There are people that have fears that maybe things won't be normal again. That Christmas is not going to be like it used to be. But the thing about it is, is that while giving gifts is normal for Christmas, well, that's part of the celebrations that we do. It is by no means the main reason we celebrate. Christmas, despite the fact that we love gifts, anybody love getting gifts? Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody? I love giving gifts, even though I'm broke. I love giving gifts. I saw, I've seen a lot of memes on Instagram and Twitter lately that I've talking about me trying to get like 30 people gifts with the $20 I have. Me. Same. Like that's me right now. 
And, and we, we are in, we find ourselves wanting to do these celebrations, but we have to remember that there is more to Christmas. There is more to this season than just this. This simply delays and things like that will not cancel Christmas. There isn't some war on Christmas that the government is trying to wage or anything like that. There is a war. There isn't any kind of war, but really what gets in the way of celebrating Christmas is our focus and what we're focused on. Because if we are focus on the wrong things, then we miss the point of Christmas. My, my, the title of my message today, as we get to that, to that core of Christmas, to understand what Christmas is about, is the song of Christmas. And we're going to be looking in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55, in the NIV version of the Bible is where I'm reading. And, this, and what we are going to be reading is a song that Mary, the mother of Jesus, sings. As she is visiting her cousin Elizabeth. She has just been visited by the angel Gabriel. You know, yours truly. I'm kidding. Um, she was just visited by the angel Gabriel telling her that she was going to bear the son of God. And her cousin Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist even though she was a little bit older. And didn't expect to have children anymore. And yet she was, she found herself by a miracle, by God's design, pregnant with John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. And so they are visiting each other and Elizabeth sees Mary and she begins to prophesy and speak over her life. Blessed are you among women because God has blessed you and chosen you for this. And in response, Mary sings a song that is not only a song of praise, but it is a song that speaks to the very nature of God and who he is and what he intended to do through Jesus. She saw something that others didn't see. While people were expecting a kind of savior and Messiah that would save them from their current predicaments in life, the rule of the Roman Empire and, and the difficulties that they faced because of it, Mary saw a very different kind of Savior. And she sings this song in Luke chapter 1. And it says like this, And Mary said, My song glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant." From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. His ho holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, and He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. To Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Father, I ask that you would speak to us today through your word. That through what, through your Holy Spirit, that you would work in our hearts to create a change. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this song is a beautiful 
song of praise and it is a song of prophecy to what Mary sees in her predicament. She starts off praising God for what he has done in her. He has given her an opportunity that others would have wished for to be able to bear the Messiah. To, to give birth to the Messiah. And that was something that was like a great honor that people were, would have expected to be. They're like, you know, they, we heard that she's going to be burned of a virgin and all of this and all of that. And despite all of the, the, the worries and troubles that came with that, she still praised God. Because let's be honest, she wasn't quite yet married yet. She was engaged to be married. And now she was pregnant. Her, then to be fiance, nearly divorced her, took an angelic in- intervention to stop that from happening. And I'm pretty sure there were lots of people that were like, man, Joseph should have just left her because this girl, she clearly is not as pure as she makes herself out to be. And with all of this going on, she had every right to be apprehensive and worried and troubled and scared. And maybe she was. Maybe she was still feeling all of that. But in the midst of that, deep in her heart, she saw something different. And so she praised God for it. She praised God for it. So in this holiday season, we find ourselves in the midst of time of, of, of a different, in a different world. Because whether you believe it or not or agree with it or not, the truth is that the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way we live our lives. It has changed the way people do things. It has changed the way people treat others. It has changed the way businesses do business. There is so much more. It's so much easier now to order things online. It's so much easier to order food online. The world has changed. The world is different. But along with that comes a lot of worry. Comes a lot of fear. And also has come lots of loss and hurt. Many are in grief and grieving still. Many people are hurting because this season brings with it seasonal depression reminders of loss it brings with it so much reminders of pain and hurt yet while we have the opportunity to dwell on all of this mary reminds us that we should begin the christmas season with praise and gratitude so that we may refocus on life on our lives on why we celebrate Because yes, it's okay to feel all of these things, but we cannot lose sight of what it is we celebrate, why it is we celebrate in the midst of the darkness. You see, this time of the year in many Christian traditions is called the Advent, which means the waiting in the darkness. It means in the time where everything is uncertain, everything is unsure, that we are waiting for hope. And so that allows us to enter into this place where we say, even if it's dark, even if it's difficult, we can lift up our voices and praise and in gratitude. We have that choice. We have that opportunity. See, if we do that, praise allows us to magnify Jesus instead of our problems. Because it's easy to get stuck in our problems. It's easy to just think about it. 
And then you go, you know, I don't know about you. And I'm not diagnosed yet, but I'm almost certain I have ADHD. And I go on these things called doom spirals. And you just start thinking one thing and then it spirals and spirals and spirals and spirals. And you just like, you know, because of one thing you didn't do, the world is just going to end. That's just how it goes. That's just as bad as it gets. You imagine every worst case scenario possible. But when we allow our problems, when we allow our difficulties, when we allow our pains and hurts to become the main focus of everything, that becomes our default. We become very negative people. We become disgruntled and angry and bitter people. We become focused on all of that. But praise instead allows us to magnify Jesus, put our eyes on Jesus instead of what is just happening to us. Because we can choose to react to all that happens to us in life and be angry and be bitter. Or we can choose to be proactive and in the midst of the difficulty, lift our voices in praise. That was what Mary was doing. I'm sure, like I said, she was scared. She didn't know what it was going to be like. She was probably like 16, they say around 14, 16 years old. She was going to have a baby. Teen mom. That's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on. People were ostracizing her, judging her. She almost got divorced. That would have meant that she would have been on her own. Left out with nothing. Who knows if some of her family even still associated with her or whether they disowned her or not. We don't know that. We We don't know that story. Yet Mary still lifts up her voice in praise. And she says, instead of focusing on the negative, I'm going to allow myself to praise. Because praise allows us to enter into God's presence. Praise allows us to enter into joy. Praise allows us to refocus on what's important. Because your problems are happening, yes. And it's okay that they are real. Don't deny them. I've met a lot of people who say, you know, you go through difficult things and their response as a Christian is like, no. It's like, okay, that sounds good and spiritual and stuff, but it doesn't change the fact that I am in debt. It doesn't change the fact that my leg is broken. You don't tell someone whose leg is broken, it's like, oh, you broke your leg. No. No, it's broken. I I don't know what you're going to do about that. No is not going to change it. You got to believe. Believe in what? It's going to heal eventually, but it's broken right now. So there's nothing wrong with facing the difficulties that we have. But we have to face them in praise and we have to face them in gratitude. Because gratitude allows us to see what we have been given. Otherwise, when we worry and we focus on our worry, that worry becomes our default. We just default. We default to worry. Anything new happens to us, we're worried about it. Anything different happens to us, we're worried. Things don't go, we're planning, we're worried. We're worried about things that may never even happen. We construct scenarios, like I said, that we imagine might happen but never do. And we stress ourselves out and we make ourselves worry for nothing. But if we have gratitude in our lives, it allows us to see that which we have instead of what we don't. Because worry focuses on what you don't have. I don't have enough. I don't have this. I don't have that. And while those situations may be true, gratitude says, in spite of I don't have enough, I'm still here. In spite that I don't know maybe where my next meal is coming from right now, I still have a roof over my head. 
Despite the fact that I am hurting, yes, I still have people that are surrounding me and loving me. Gratitude helps us see what we might otherwise miss because of worry. And these two things, praise and gratitude, allow us to find rest in peace in a world that is filled with strife and chaos. If we just focus on everything in the world around us, that is what's going to happen. We're just going to be filled with worry. We're going to be filled with stress everywhere we look. But if we will allow gratitude and praise to be our response to things, we will be able to find peace. We'll be able to find hope. The second thing that Mary teaches us in her song is that mercy is greater than pride. The heart of Mary's song is who she sees God as. How she understands him. How she sees what he wants to do in the world. Because up to this point, there are many people who might consider God vengeful. And in fact, there are people still today that consider God just this very angry old man sitting on a throne, ready to strike people with lightning when they do wrong. Ready to throw them into the flames of hell at the, at the slightest sin in their lives. That's how people see God. But that's not what Mary saw. She saw something different. She saw something more. She saw who Jesus would become and what he would work and endeavor to do in this world. She saw him as one, a God who is filled with love and with mercy. With love and with mercy. From verses 15 to 54, she talks about God and what he will do through the Messiah. She talks about things that we don't often hear about associated with Christmas. And we talk about Christmas, we think about Jesus being born. We talk about Jesus' death on the cross and how he came to save us from our sins and live a life that was good and well and show us how to live. But this is something that we miss a lot of the times is the point of Christmas. And I was talking to a friend of mine who was like, I have never heard those verses preached on in my church. This song that Mary sings. And I was like, well, you know what? I got to preach on them because we can't just let it go to nothing. And Mary sings of a God who is very different than oftentimes even the church and the American church will make God out to be. As God, the American church is often filled with a God who ostracizes people simply because of the way they live their lives. Mary sees a God who is filled with mercy. There is a church and there are people that we, that as believers, often we see a church that is filled with people full of pride and obsessed with power. Obsessed with success. And that their default when it comes to what God will do is to defend them and their wealth. That's why I preach against prosperity gospel. There are people that tell you God wants you to be a millionaire. I wish. But no, that's not not the point of it all. Because God says, yeah, there are going to be times that you're going to have nothing, but you're going to be okay because I'm here. And there are going to be times that you're going to have plenty and you're going to be okay because I'm here despite the situation. But we miss the point here 
Because that's not what Jesus was about. He wasn't about defending the wealthy. He wasn't about building kingdoms. Instead, he was about extending mercy to those who needed it the most. Those who would otherwise be cast out by society because of where they live, because of the color of their skin, because of their sexuality, because of who they sim- where they simply were born. Not only that, she sees a God who tears down the powerful who would want and seek to impose injustice and hurt and oppression on others, who would use their positions and wealth and abilities and influence to better themselves and build their own kingdoms rather than to help those who are in need. This is the God that she sees. And that's very different because oftentimes we create a Christianity. We have an idea of God that we use to defend our values, to defend our American values, our Christian values, our churchy values. We defend our positions. We defend our things. And we create this idea of a Jesus who stands with us. And we define what is good and use Jesus as a pawn to make it look better. We paint Jesus on the picture and think everybody will be okay if it's Jesus. Instead of letting Jesus decide what is good, what is our mission, what is our purpose. Because see, he did something. He wants something different. When Jesus came, he challenged the status quo. That was what it was all about. He was born to nothing, to people who were part of a once royal family who'd been stripped of everything. He was born in a manger. Y'all, we see, we, like I, I saw someone talking about this on Twitter the other day, and they said, we manicure the nativity scene. We manicure the, the birth of Jesus. We make it look nice and pretty. There are angels there. There are the kings, the caravans of gold and everything. Jesus has a blanket and, and, you know, he's, he's all nice and calm and quiet. There's even a Christmas song that talks about the birth of Jesus and it says, the baby does not cry. Have you ever been around a baby that's just been born? They cry. We manicure this set of Jesus and, and, and perform and create this performance of who Jesus should be in our minds. When in reality, he was born to a poor family who had no status. He was born in a manger. If you don't know what a manger is, a manger is a place where they would put animal feed so that animals can live. To eat. Live. Eat. It's a place that was dirty. He, was, he didn't have a blanket. They said that they just had strips of cloth that they found and wrapped him in. And he most certainly was crying. Mary was crying. Jesus was crying. Joseph was crying. Everybody was crying. Animals were crying. And he was born with nothing in this world. Yet he came to challenge the most powerful. He came to challenge the religious leaders who would try to put burdens on people. He came to challenge the status quo of the Roman government and show that there was more to the world than kingdoms and government. He came to challenge everything that people thought they knew about God. This was Jesus. This was Jesus. 
Yet we become content with building our own empires. Or we fall prey to those who would use us to build their empires. And we defend them even though they have no interest in who we are. But Jesus came to change all of that, to challenge that, to tear down the pride and to give mercy and love to those who needed it. When we do all of the other, we support this building of empire, of kingdom, of, of Christian nationalism and other things. We are missing the point. Jesus said, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Yet what we do is create sacrifices that we need to give in order to be loved by God. We create rules we need to follow in order for God to see us and accept us. When Jesus said, I'm not requiring any of that. Instead, I'm just asking you to know me. And I will do the rest. And so what he asks For us, as he comes to bring love, as he comes to bring mercy, is that we would do the same for others. You see, Mary spoke in the last part of her song about the promise to Abraham. She said that God gave a promise to Abraham and through this son that she would have, this was the culmination of that promise. And so that is important because the promise that God gave to Abraham was that all nations would be blessed through him. And that one day there would be a savior who would be born that through all, that through him all nations would be blessed through Jesus. Because Jesus gives us a chance to love like he loved. See, this season is about incarnation, that God became humanity, humanity. He became human. Can you imagine that? Like God, we, we talk about God in these grand, enormous terms that God is bigger than the universe, that he is powerful and he is all of that. But now he is human. He cried when he was born. He cried when he was learning to walk and fell down. And I don't know, maybe his head was too big. Who knows? He learned to talk. He learned to walk. He had to have his diapers changed. He had to be fed. He was like us. God became human. That is the idea of the incarnation. I heard a a comedian say one time, says, and for, for, for if you don't know, Jesus had brothers and sisters that were related to him through Mary, of course, because they were like technically his half-brothers and sisters, because, you know, Jesus wasn't his real dad. God was. And so we have Jesus, and can you imagine being Jesus' brother and sister? The Bible tells us that Jesus was perfect and he never sinned. Why can't you be more like Jesus? I'm sorry, I'm not the son of God. But that was Jesus. He, he had siblings. He, he probably played games with them. He probably enjoyed the, eating family dinners together, celebrating the festivals and holidays, going to the temple yearly with his family. He went through all of that. He got lost when he was 12 years old because his parents misplaced him. You ever been lost? God did too. God got lost too. 
I I know that sometimes I felt lost because my my parents would forget about me at school. You ever been forgotten at school? He was that. He became humanity so that he could show us how to live in love. He could show us and break the power of sin, of death, of darkness in this world. That's what he came to do. Becoming human to do it. But the idea of incarnation doesn't end with Jesus. It continues with us. We are now to be Jesus in this world. We are the incarnation of Jesus in this world. When he left, he says, I give you the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. So now you are the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. You are the ones that do the work that I was called, that I was doing. He said, in fact, not only are you going to do what I did, but you're going to do more. He says, you will do these works and greater and more. Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. I don't know if I can do that. But he said, you can do more. You're going to do more. You're going to see more because you are called to be my love. You are called to express my love in the world today. We are supposed to be the light of the world. And a lot of things get in the way. But nothing more than us, more than ourselves. We get in the way of being Jesus to the world. Because we're focused on our own goals. We're focused on our own desires. We're focused on building our empires, about being successful, because that's the American dream that we were, we were born here or brought here or whatever to be able to accomplish. And that's what we've been, we're, we have that opportunity to do that thing. And we miss what God wants us to do because we're focused on building our own kingdoms, building our own empires. But God asked us to deny ourselves. And that I don't mean like you just become some kind of robot or a puppet for God. You just do everything exactly dictated to you. Nothing is different. You have no unique personality. Because I think that's sometimes what people think when, when the Bible says deny yourself. But it's not just following God's will or believing in God or being like Jesus. It's not that you deny how you were created to be, who you were created to be, your personality or things like that. But instead, what we must do, what God is calling us to do, is what Jesus did. Jesus denied things of himself so that he could come connect with us and reach people for to to bring them back to God. He denied his heavenly power. He denied his heavenly throne. He gave all of that up so that he could be here with us to touch us, to live with us, to love us up close and in person. And for us, what that looks like is not abandoning ourselves to become some kind of robot, but we abandon instead hate so that we can love. We abandon judgment so that we can be a place that is safe for people. We abandon the things that would build up our own kingdom instead build up the kingdom of God. 
But God's kingdom is unlike ours. It, it, we, well, that's one last thing we have to understand here as I get ready to close. Is God's kingdom is not like ours. What we're called to build, he is building first. He said, my kingdom isn't like this. We're not called to build a Christian nation. We're not called to do that. We're not called to build some earthly empire. So we're not called to, to have a church of millions of people that makes millions of dollars or anything like that. That's not what we're called to do. What we are called to do is to take the love that was expressed in the incarnation of Jesus. God become human and now express that love to everyone we meet. Regardless of background, Regardless of financial status, regardless of where they come from, regardless of anything that we might have our own prejudices about, our own ideas about, we leave all of that aside and say, you know what? You deserve to be here because you are loved by God. You have space to be here because you are loved by God. It doesn't matter that your sin is different than my sin. It doesn't matter that you look different than I do, speak differently than I do, have more money or less money than I do. It doesn't matter any of that. What matters is that you are human and that that humanity, that you, who you are, is who God loves. And nothing can change that. Nothing nobody says. There might be people that will try to withhold God's love from you or from others simply because of something in their lives that they don't like or agree with. But God does not hold that. He says, no matter what, you are loved by me simply because you are you. So our challenge this Christmas season what we should strive to do is not let Christmas simply return to normal. Is, is not let things just go back to the way we always did things, the way we always did Christmas with family and friends. Our challenge is for Christmas to be different. Let us look to serve instead of receiving. Let us look to love rather than hate. Let us be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's do something that we don't usually do. Let's reach to people that we don't usually reach to. Because this is the song of Christmas. The love of Jesus. The baby born in a manger who would give all so that we could have all that he has to offer us. Would you stand with me this afternoon? This is how we will be known. Not by theology, not by our church services, not by our clothes, not by the way we talk, not by the music we listen to, not by what we watch. None of that. Instead, we will be known by how well, we love. So let us pray this morning. 
as we go through this Christmas season, that we would be different. That it wouldn't just be back to business. But that we would love like Jesus loved. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today. We thank you for your word. We ask, God, that this word would challenge us. That we would praise in the midst of the darkness. That we would honor mercy more than anything else. And that our goal, not just this holiday season, not just this Christmas season, but throughout our lives would be how well can we love help us in that, God, because we get it wrong a lot. We focus more on ourselves than we do anything else. We focus on the wrong things sometimes, building empires, making sacrifices, following rules that you never asked us to, doing things that you never asked us to. But let us stick to the law that you have called us to do, the law of love matter who might cross our path, when they see us and when we interact with them, that they would see Jesus in the world and in their lives. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.